Good evening, everybody. Pastor Rusty Martin here again. It's October the 2nd, and we're going to bring to a conclusion uh, on a little mini-series that we're calling The Missing Ingredient, Love. We certainly see in our country, in many of our states and cities, uh, just the opposite. We see much a turmoil going on, a, 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 a tremendous, I've never seen a political fight uh, like we're seeing going on right now. We have uh, things going on medically with pandemics. And listen, it's just a sign of the end times, the last of the last days, the, 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 the convulsion, the birthing pains of the end of an age and a, and a judgment coming on the earth, then a wonderful, wonderful thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus. My goodness, what, what wonderful things we have uh, to look forward to. Let's not blow it in the last quarter. Let's not blow it in the last uh, two minutes of the game. Uh, let's, let's finish strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, no teaching on love would be complete without the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Bible, make a couple of comments on it, but I just really want to let the Word of God speak to you this evening as you hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Chapter 13, uh, Passion Bible, book of 1 Corinthians. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in heavenly tongue, the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I did not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. If I were to have the gift of prophecy and with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, if I had the greatest gift of faith uh, that could move mountains, but I have but have never learned to love, I am nothing. Now those, those first two verses are amazing because literally the Holy Ghost speaking to us through the Apostle Paul is saying, you can have every attribute of spirituality from the, from the most extreme supernatural manifestations of the power of God to the most extreme ability to communicate the message of God. But if love's not in it, it's nothing. That's amazing. That's an amazing statement. It says, if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. That shows us right now every gift we give must be motivated by love. If love is the motivation, so we just need to pay the bills. We need to do, no, no, no. It needs to be motivated by the love of God. Now listen, it begins to what I call a, a expand or cause, cause the definition of love to begin to grow. And let, let me just say this because I love to teach the word. It grows in application. It's growing and it's God actually saying, now this is how you love. Now listen. The love that comes into humanity between a man and a woman, uh, the love of people for their possessions, or their, their cat or their dog, or, or, or the love you have for your children, the love you have for a particular hobby or something that you do, all of that's motivated by your feelings. And, you know, feelings, uh, you have these great feelings, and, but many times when it comes to the love of God, there's no feeling involved, and you're going to have to learn how to act in love when there's no feeling of love. Now, let me say that again. You're going to have to learn how to act in love when there is no feeling of love, because that's what love is. We love because the Word of God demands us to do it. Now, listen to this. Love is large and incredibly patient. Incredibly patient. It doesn't just put up. It's incredibly patient. Love is gentle 
consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor does it inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joy joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what's wrong. I love this. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. My goodness, what a word. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. You know, pastoring an independent church many times, I mean, the dilemma, we've said this for years, we watched it in field ministry, of, of trying to keep people in a church in which there is another element uh, active in the church trying to do just the opposite of what the vision of the church, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost is trying to do. You say, what do you mean by that? The demonic element, Satan and all of his distractions, that which the enemy is trying to do. We've said for years that if everybody that was supposed to be in church was in church, we'd, we'd have to have church in the parking lot. Well, where is everybody? People are offended. So for many years, first, first few years I began to pastor, I, I took that very hard. I blamed myself. I blamed, you know, I'm not supposed to be, I'm the worst pastor on the planet. What am I doing? You know, and over the years, I got to the point where I had to stop doing that. Because I began to realize these other elements involved. I, I had some people leave my church one time that were so offended at me, me personally. I mean, they just, they just, and I, so, so I carefully sat down in prayer and I went through the inventory of how I treated those people. Then I began to look at things that I had done. I had, I had given gifts. I had, I had promoted. I had did this. I did that. I had, I had, uh, uh, I know at one time I actually went and physically helped them do some things because they needed some physical help, some, uh, you know, uh, strong back and a weak mind kind of thing. And, uh, and I went and lifted things and helped them move and did all kinds of things. And they just ended up so offended. And so I dug into, I mean, I wanted to find out what did I do? Well, what I did is I didn't promote. I didn't put them where they thought they should be. Well, how can I do that if God doesn't tell me to do that? How can I do that? So all of the love that I tried to, 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 to give toward them was just was not accepted. When you're loved, it has to be accepted and recognized for what it is. It is God loving you. All of these different attributes, refusing to be jealous when blessing comes to others. Uh, don't brag about your own achievements. Uh, does not traffic in shame. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, does not disrespect. Uh, does not seek its own honor. Is not easily irritated. I've never ever seen the irritation level of the world and the church so high right now. Uh, it's an amazing, just one little point wrong. Well, I don't believe that, or, or I don't think that, or I, I don't this and that. And all of a sudden, that irritation. What is irritation? It's friction. What is friction? It's that which happens when there's nothing lubricating. You say, what lubricates the body of Christ? The Holy Ghost. It's a sign that the Spirit of God is not there doing what it should be doing in your life. He's a gentleman, but he also does not manifest or do what he needs to do in a heart that is not full of love. So you've got to make a decision in your own heart not to get offended. I had to learn not to get offended at myself. I've learned not to get offended at, 
at people that leave. I just let them go. They're not my sheep. They belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've talked to people later, and I've talked to others that have left other churches that they shouldn't have left. And I've talked to them about how later it hurt them and the, and the pain that was in them. But here's what happens many times. Here's what offense will do. Offense will separate you from those who can restore you. You can't be restored by people who don't know what you need to be restored in. But the crowd that you, the, the company that you're a part of knows how you need to be restored. And I've seen some great testimonies of restoration in people's lives. My own story is a great story of restoration. One of the great tragedies of, of ministry and pastoring, and this is one of the things I learned, you've got to keep love above authority. But there's been people many times that I, out of love, I've promoted, I've given them positions, I, I've said, you know, yeah, uh, work in this ministry, work in that ministry, do this, do that. But see, not only do we have a standard of how we operate in ministry, we, always, we also have a protocol. And you can't come into a, a business, you can't come into a church, you can't go into any institution in the world or entity in the world and do what they tell you to do the way you want to do it. You have to do it the way they tell you. So all of a sudden people say, well, I'm going to do it this way or I'm going to do it that way. And we're not, no, don't do it this way. We've created this way. Do it that way. No, I'm going to do it this way. And then, you know, we go month after month, sometimes a couple of years, and now I've got to, I've got to step up in authority. And you know, one of the most uh, some of the most offended people I've ever seen in my life are people that I've given places in ministry that I've had to take it back. And the reason I had to take it back is because I was forced out of the realm of love into the realm of authority. And the reason is, is because they weren't walking in love in any way whatsoever. And that's one of the harshest things for any pastor, any minister to have to do. And then you watch the process begin to happen. And yeah, this, we're not sure we're supposed to be at this church. And, and they begin to back away. And they begin to, and next thing, they, and let, me let me just say this, all they are is gone. And it's so sad. It's so sad, especially when you have a lot of history with people like that. But then we heal, and we go on, and more people come, and we start over, and we don't get jaded, and we just begin to love people again. And that's what we do. And that's what you have to do. If you're caught on the other end of that, and you've been offended, and you say, you know, uh, uh, I'll tell you, it's, uh, you've done me so wrong. The church has done me so wrong. Everybody's done me so wrong. Maybe you need to forgive us. Maybe you need to have some mercy. Maybe you need to initiate some conversation that will help restoration. Not, not, not that will cause a fight to take place. You'll find out that most pastors are very defensive of their churches. I've had many conversations with people. When they sit down to talk to me, I'll tell them this. This is the first thing I said. Now listen, if we're going to talk about Island Church, it's going to be just like talking about Breland, my daughter. It's going to be just like talking about Leah, my wife. So be careful. The perimeters you probe, how you try to go. And it's amazing how they always cross those lines and begin to do this and do that. And then they're amazed at my response. I'm very defensive of those and that which I love. Just like I try to be very defensive of every person. You say, why? Because of the standard of what this says. Love joyfully celebrates honesty. Finds no delight in what's wrong. I find no delight in my own wrong nor in the wrong of others. And I'm telling you, I'm wrong a lot. But the thing is, is, I've learned to forgive myself. I've learned to forgive others. Many people never get a second chance because they don't hang around for one. They never get a third chance. They don't hang around for it. They never get a fourth chance. They don't hang around. They step out of love. They step into offense. And we never see them again. We have to come to a standard. This is it, church. 
one of the greatest tragedies I can imagine would be a believer that says, you know, I went to this church for 10 years. I went to this church for 15 years. I went to this church for 10 years. And I went to this church for 10 years. And all the pastors are idiots. And all the people, they drove me out. Of, you can't, listen, you can't live like that. That's not right. This is it. This is the last of the last days. It's time to us, time for us to put our greatest effort into loving one another, being restored, being brought back to that place in which God wants us to be. And that happens out of a heart of love. And when we walk in love one toward another, I like what it says here. It's a safe place. Love is a safe place of shelter. Love becomes that safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. It's been one of my greatest areas in my life that I've really grieved is seeing such great potential in people that just don't want to explore the dimensions of that potential through love. Yeah, they want to do it through authority or they want to do it through this or that. But no, not, not through love. That's the only way to discover the potential of God in you is through love. Great potential in, in, in every dimension of, from music ministry to helps ministry to you name it. Great children's ministers, great, great nursery ministers, and just refuse to allow that love. And here's the thing I found out. If you have to defend yourself when it comes to love. Well, I walk in love. Well, I walk in. You're, you're not walking in love. That's not love. Love does not have to be defended. I don't go around trying to defend myself and say, I, I'm, the big, I'm, I'm the big example for love. No, I've made so many mistakes, it's not even funny. But what I always do is I return to the place of love. Many people I've asked for forgiveness for, many more I've had to forgive. Many I've had to have mercy upon, many I've had to have mercy from them. Many that I've covered their mistakes, covered their problems, covered their situations. But th then there's been others, it seems their delight is to uncover. Let's not be like that. Let me say this in closing. I love you. Every person that comes to Island Church, every person that watches these podcasts, you may go to another church, you may have another pastor, you may be struggling in the same area. Come to yourself. Sober up. Don't get under the influence of hurts, offenses, wrongdoing, no matter what it does, no matter how right you are. One of the greatest attributes of love is to give up the right to be right for love's sake. There are, there are areas that you say, well, I can't give up the right to be right here. Question yourself. Ask yourself, can I really not? Am I only hanging on to something because of pride? Am I only hanging on to something because I'm right about everything? You can't do that. Walk in love. Love will fuel that faith. And that missing ingredient that's in the world, they've got to see it in the church. That's our only hope for world harvest. Because wor the world's going to want what we have. They don't know about the love of God. That's why we have to proclaim it. They, they don't know about how God can make you love yourself. They don't know about that. They don't know about that. But they can look into a church and they can listen to the conversations. What do the conversations that you have been speaking around the people? I've always noticed about the people that get offended, that get out of love. And if they've got people that they've been bringing to church, those people always leave the church with them because their conversations about the pastor of the church, it always goes toward the negative and the whole bunch of them just, they just, and what is it? It's a breach of love. We've got to get to the place where we're walking in love, forgiving one another, restoring one another, walking in the refreshing of the Holy Ghost 
And then when the world looks in, they hear our conversations, they see our behavior and activity, they go, man, that ain't what's going on. That's not what's going on out here. We need some of that right there. So this is a day and this is an hour to do what? Love God, love yourself, and we must love one another. I love you, every one of you. God bless you, and we'll see you in service this weekend. Sunday, October the, what would it be, 4th? 4th, yeah, the 4th. 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, back on our regular schedule. We'll see you soon, and don't forget, fall harvest is coming right around the corner. We're praying, we're interceding. What I'm believing fall harvest is going to be a great love fest, and many people will be restored in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you soon.